Welcome to Tilt Talk Radio. This week we'll continue fielding questions from out in the field. In our spotlight, we'll take a look at how the rains have not really impacted the drought condition. Egg History Minute, we'll talk about the June Dairy Month slogan. Cool Beans, that's corny. We'll have some current events. We'll wrap things up with a Field Good Friday. With me today are Max Garvey. What's up, everybody? Todd Schomburg. Hey to all the Tilthies out there. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. I've had the sudden urge to listen to a lot of Deep Purple lately. There's been smoke on the water, fire in the sky. Oh, that one hurt my soul a little bit, Matt. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. Uh, it has been a hazy week for the most part. Friday morning here now it looks a little bit better. But they are uh, only giving us a temporary reprieve, it looks like. Next week there'll be more smoke coming back. Have you guys seen the meme of the campfire with the states and Wisconsin yep. keeps moving seats and it's smoke like, fire? Dang it. Yeah. Dang it. What are you supposed to say when the smoke keeps coming at you? I hate white rabbits or... Like fuzzy bunnies. Uh, and um, Max, what is... You, freedom must have a saying. I don't, white, I, white rabbits, I don't know. <laughs> so I guess that's what we used to yeah. say. When we were kids. There was another one too besides get, that. I can't get away from that. me, Uncle Tim. I don't want your Marlboro Reds. We used to say that one a lot. <laughs> yeah. I did hear from a farmer who heard on the news that if you're out in it all day... It was like smoking five cigarettes. I, oh. I believe it. Yeah, I, I thought that was a very interesting amount, and who figured that out? I don't know, or how accurate that is. But the, after the, after you're out in it, like the next, like by two or three days in it, it was kind of like you could you could tell. I could feel it this week. Yes, you what's, could. What's interesting is I was reading because they were saying some people are getting like a plasticky smell more than a campfire smell, like so it. There's been days in the morning when you, it kind of smells like burning something. And they said there is like a fair amount of formaldehyde and all this other stuff in in the smoke, which I thought was interesting. Well, why? Well, all the stuff they're putting Just, on it, they did oh, put on it that sure, one time to, to get it out. Sure, try to put it out. From that, from, I mean, obviously there's probably I, right, stuff there's, in the forests. Like, correct. That's burning at No times. one around this area would ever dump tires <laughs> or plastics or anything inside of a woods. Yeah, old freezers, yeah. that kind of stuff. Never, never found any of that kind of stuff in the woods. So there, yeah, there are some particulate things that are from different sources floating around in that too. Yeah, so think about the like if you go up north around here, there's old dumps in the woods all over. Sure, people dump all their stuff. I would imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine it's I, different up there. It'd be somewhat different just because of the amount of people and stuff I would think would be less, but yeah, like you but say, I'm sure there's just still there's stuff. There's still there. clusters. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're more, probably more strict about it in Canada. So you'd probably travel further to dump to dump crap. it. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. I remember we used to go, we used to go to the dump up North to watch the bears. Like that was just a, a place in the woods where everybody dumped a bunch of crap. 25, 30 years ago. Wasn't even using <laughs> it anymore. Look at those garbage-eating bears. <laughs> yes, dumb bears. Meanwhile, we're the ones sitting on a golf cart 20 feet from them going... <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that was... It's been a pastime since my mother-in-law was a kid because she would talk about... That oh, yeah. That up north, the, yeah. Yep. I, do you guys ever remember this bad of smoke that it would... No. Like in Madison, they canceled some kids, you know, baseball and that kind of stuff and... Telling you to stay inside all the time. Like we've had wildfire smoke in a haze, but not not for not, like a day, not for a week. And I feel like you'd notice it then, but th- like this, you could. It was like a fog. It was so thick. Like yeah. You could any picture you took, you could you could really see it then. Like holy man, it was worse than you think. I've never and, had to turn my headlights on for it before. I did you turn your week. headlights on for it wow. on Wednesday morning by kind of over by Portage. It was unbelievable how thick, how it, thick was. it was i mean you couldn't see to the other end of the farmyard like the farmyard like it was it was like one of those fogs that they tell you hey be careful driving today you're gonna hit somebody it was like that i was like what jumping roads and stuff scouting fields i was like 
really looking. I normally, you know, don't have to work that hard. I was like really looking and listening. It was thick. So yeah, there was enough. I don't know if it all settles kind of that big well, base in there and stuff like that. That's but, what it seemed to well, do though in certain areas. Yeah, it was over by Bear Lake and in. you couldn't see across the lake. It was. That's not a big lake for thing. people who right. don't it's know what Bear Lake a, is. It's not a significant sized lake. No, no. And it's kind of long and narrow too, so it's really not hard to see across. Right. But, but yes, yeah, we've wrapped up <clears throat> June Dairy Month here. At least it's fairly clear on the last day. And I see Todd's got his pile of empties in front of him. He's a milkaholic this month. Yes, it was. It was an interesting challenge this month. It was a lot of actually fun. It was cool to try a bunch of different milks from. Every, yeah, wherever I could get my hands in a different kind, I was trying it. So went to Guernsey Girls, went to Quick Trips, gas, you know, any gas station. The, the milk selection at gas station varies actually quite a lot. Oh, yeah. Like, you you got some gas stations, you're just basically like, there's either no milk or it's just a few th- very small to like a Quick Trip where... There's some gas stations where I would whatever. question the Correct. expiration oh, date on the milk. I definitely yeah. had to look at that. Like, that, that was not it. Not at something. I was like, eh, this might have been here a long time. Yeah, even even the BP right in Seymour, the the strawberry milk I got from there that was like literally on the day, like was expiring. Yeah, yeah, so I, I, yeah. Yeah, I took one for the team. I'm like, I'll I'll try that. But I don't see any banana milk in that pile there, Todd. You didn't find, find any find banana any milk. Banana, I no. Did you get any, any of the, or any of the quick trip flavored yeah. milks out? Yeah, yep. so gotta... like the root beer one was just awesome. Like that one, you know, for like any soda craving or anything like that, man, root beer flavored milk. And I think it's, I can't stand it. Because uh, you go to grab milk and you're like, milk. And then it's root beer and you're like, what is going on? It was, it was just the right amount of root beer, not too root beery, but just right. Was so. it more like the root beer candy type root beer yeah, flavor? Yeah. yeah. It was like that, like a root beer barrel. Like a barrel, yeah. yeah. So yeah, if you if you like had a root beer barrel in your mouth and drank milk at the same time, that would be what it tastes like. What'd you get from the Guernsey girls? They had like a, a chocolate. Then they got, and it's all whole milk. Yeah. So I tried their whole milk. Tried the chocolate was good. Yeah. Like it was really good. They have a, um, they have chocolate. They have you know chocolate and white, and then they'll have um, vanilla latte is one of the ones Ooh, they do, they and that. then I think they have like a like a dreamsicle one that they run once in a while. Quick Trip was running dreamsicle before the root beer, and that was pretty good. I like the dreamsicle yeah. one actually. Yeah. Did you weigh yourself at the beginning of the month I, and not I, at the end? Of I the did, month? and it would like. 10 pounds less for no real reason. <laughs> I don't, I, besides that, I think the protein and milk, like you're not. So, so well, you, okay, I think it was sugary drink. Like basically you didn't have much sugary drinks anymore. That's what it was. So and you, I didn't realize how much you diffused the Aaron Rodgers debate of milk. I, I, you, didn't, I, you didn't drink any beer or soda for a month. Right. Did your performance <laughs> seem to uh, it, change at all? Could you not walk as many fields? You I mean, I did drink a lot of water. And then I had to kind of prioritize the type of milk I drank. In the afternoon, like if you're drinking a thick milk in the afternoon, that's you weren't drinking the whole milk no, at like that, the hottest part of the day. That like, was ah. basically drinking water. Then and I would drink milk in the morning, three, usually three, or later. Three o'clock night. in the yeah. afternoon, ninety four degrees. You know what I want? Yeah, that nice, nice, lukewarm whole milk. Whole milk. Because <laughs> when it's that hot, you basically pull it out of the cooler and it's warm within yeah, right. five minutes. But yeah. what is weird too? Now I've drink. Even yesterday, one of my scouts is like, "Oh my god, you're drinking that? Like it's isn't that warm? Like." Yeah, and she's like gross, and I'm like, yeah, that is gross. But for some reason, it doesn't affect me anymore. So apparently, she's cured in a glass. Of, yeah, I'm sort of like immune to it now. Can't do it. It's got to be cold. It's got to be cold. I can't. Yeah, cold's still better. Can't handle it. But no, it was a good. Yeah, like the the the. I did have two. Uh, so if it was the it was the deal was milk and water, and there was only two. I had church wine, so I figured that was pretty okay. And then I was drinking, what do they call it? Uh, white Russians. Because yeah. it's like milk. It's like cream and, in it. yeah. yeah. So that was like the mixed drink I seemed to. Like, otherwise, I was dumping vodka and chocolate milk if I. at some, some weekend nights, but that, it was okay. But white Russians are awesome. Yes, they are very good. You were putting vodka and chocolate milk? Yeah, it's okay. 
What's wrong with not, you? Not, 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 that happened like one time. Hey, Jack we Daniels, really, honey, and chocolate milk. Ooh, that would be good too. Why did, are people telling me all these good mm. ideas like after the? Well, uh, we went to a Mexican restaurant in De Pere, and they gave us free after dinner drinks, and it was like cream and chocolate liqueur, Ooh. and that was that was really good. Yeah, that probably. I, I, I didn't know like a, a chocolate. A lot of the dairy. Like drinks are like Christmas type or dessert, Ooh, you yeah. know, like a grasshopper, right, like or eggnog, or eggnog, yeah. yeah. So it was, you could have been pounding or eggnog, a man. Tom and Jerry. Couldn't find it here, but Christmas in July. Yeah, eggnog was. I I did not have any eggnog, but you're right. Dude, half Christmas. Yeah, you're you right. Have Christmas half Christmas. July, yeah. You're right. What the heck? What what does this half country Christmas, come yeah. to? Can't find eggnog in June. <laughs> it's a travesty. But my other screw up. They got it by like September first, <laughs> usually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would, I, eggnog right now would definitely be expired, I would think. Uh, eggnog was a bad choice. Yeah. There's probably somewhere that they have eggnog in the store, and there's it's, people that are buying it right now in June, and oh, I just, I'm sure. that bothers me to think about, because eggnog is like a, oh, I have like two glasses a year, maybe. Th- yeah, and that's like after Thanksgiving to New Year's. You remember when in high school, they had the milk machine, and they'd have oh, like the yeah. eggnog-flavored milk? Oh, dude, milk. I had to stock that milk machine. Yeah. Yeah, FFA put that. You're right. Yep. We had eggnog flavored. They called him the Chetto, the milkman. Milk yeah. That, was a, that milk machine, bro. That was a good time, actually. And they let us, like, you could you could buy from it during school. Right, all day long. Whereas, yeah. like, the soda machine it was only would, during lunch. would shut off. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Anyway, the, the only other mix-up I had was on Father's Day. We were at a restaurant, and I, instead of saying white Russian, what came out of my mouth was Moscow Mule. Ah, and then I got it milk-based. and took a drink of it and was like, "This isn't a white Russian." And my wife's like, "You didn't, you didn't order you you ordered a Moscow meal that's different." I'm like, "Oh yeah, so I've got my uh, USSR Russian themed drinks mixed, mixed up, up apparently yeah. somewhere." <clears throat> but yeah, tough, was, tough. Yep, yeah. You were drinking ginger beer instead of milk. Yes, yeah. they're so close. I, I, in, in I flavor profile. They're really close. Yes. I I took a swig of it. And I'm like, nope, this isn't right. So I, I I stopped. Forced your wife to drink it then. Yeah, she did drink it. My father also drank some of it. So ah, it was alright. It was alright. But um, yeah, the 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 fair life stuff is still. I don't know. It, you can find it everywhere, so it's a lot easier. That and Quick Trip milk. And yeah, they've got good flavors. Cookie, yeah, cookies and cream. The, really yes, good. the cookies. I mean, the strawberry banana was like my favorite. Cookies and cream was a close second. And what was nice with the Fairlife flavored ones is it wasn't so thick. Like, it's 2% milk, you know, and then it wasn't so sugary. Like, where all the Quick Trip ones are whole milk and just sugary is, like, very sugary where you're almost... Those are not like, the 3 o'clock in the afternoon. No, drinkers. they're, like, just a little too... They're basically drinking a soda at that point. And strawberry milk, I, I still can't do it. I just... Still reminds you of the, I, uh, the, and bu- I love the bucket cow. Strawberries. I I will drink strawberry milk. It's okay. And I drink, you know, like here's a Prairie Farms one. It was good. You know, the Quick Trip ones are okay, but it just still is a weird. Yeah, it's just still like bloody milk or something. That, yeah, yeah. Like, yep. Like it's red one cow. bucket cow. You're like, oh, the blood coming out. Now it's strawberry milk. Let's feed it to the cats. And then I did know at restaurants you feel like basically you get like. At uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, when you order milk, they give you, like, the kids' yeah, like, milk. So that was one weird part. Like, which is good. They're aiming milk towards kids. But most restaurants either, like, didn't have it and looked at you like you're weird. Or it was, like, a kids' milk chug type thing, which was which was fine. But Yeah. Did you go to Dairy Queen and get the actual carton milk? No, I didn't. You're right. they, still well, go, they still they give out, get, like, like a, the milk cartons. Yeah. The best was the McDonald's has a Grimace shake yeah. right now. That Those are pretty cool. It's like a Fruity Pebbles taste to it. It's really good. Is that a milk in it, though? Is that I, ice they, cream I would hold, you're, uh, Yeah, I count, those counted. Yeah. Ice cream. All right. The Stary, Grimace shake. The Grimace shake. Didn't make you Grimace at all? No. <laughs> Have you followed the debate of whether Grimace is... Some sort of creepy <laughs> child's mascot. He's definitely creepy. What's the other one? Well, there's debate on what he is. Is he a monster? Is oh. he a giant taste bud? Yeah, yeah. Is supposedly what he's supposed to be. But I don't know. I find Ronald McDonald a little creepier than Grimace. But True. He's like the cookie monster, but knockoff because he can't be cookie monster. Grimace, you just wonder you like what, cookies. Yeah, what? Oh, you're right. He had cookies. Yeah. 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 
He was first introduced as Evil Grimace. So, <laughs> so that he was the partner with the Hamburglar, who's always trying to steal hamburgers. You think McDonald's Rob, Rob, Rob. mascots were quite odd? Yeah, anything they like were... clown based is probably right, right. a little bit weird. Brian Bates, a manager of McDonald's in Canada, revealed the answer to the Golden Arch's biggest mystery, telling CBC News that Grimace is an enormous taste bud, but a taste bud nonetheless. So apparently that's what, if you zoomed in on a taste bud, you'd get Grimace, <laughs> according to McDonald's. So who is, I can't remember the name, the, they had like a girl with the like pom-pom oh, kind of hair. Yeah. I can't remember her, what her name was, because it was the Hamburglar, Ronald McDonald, Grimace, and then there was the girl. Officer Big Mac, Birdie the Early Bird. Bur- Mayor Cheese. But it was an Bir- Birdie was the Birdie, I think. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mayor McCheese was the giant hamburger. Hmm. And yeah, Birdie the early bird. There is apparently an Uncle Ogrimacy at one point that looks very eighties. Mayor McCheese, Sunday, which is like a polar bear. The Fry Kids, and Captain Crook. I don't remember that one at all. Or Uncle Grimacy. Yep. I remember when the Chicken McNuggets could talk. That was an interesting campaign in the 90s. When the... I don't remember... The Talking McNuggets? Oh, yeah. Because then they had like little little toys that were the McNugget characters. Chicken McNuggets you can take for a walk. Happy Meal toys are still pretty sweet. I yeah, mean, they do they're, a lot they're, of... They're dumb at like the same time. In. They're all tie-ins. Yeah, now, now. Right. now they're all to a movie or to... So my kids went yeah. the other day, and I'm trying to think what the toys are. It's right Elemental. Now. Elemental, yeah. yeah. I don't even know what that is. It's exactly. a new, new Pixar movie. <laughs> but you're right. They are all a lot of tie-ins. Yeah. They did have something cool. That, like little... Uh, those golden books. Oh, yeah. yeah. They had like mini versions of those for a while, which was... Yeah, which was interesting. All right, you guys get ready to get into our topic for this week? Yep. All right, well, as we talked about, the smoke has been out there and in our minds because we can't escape it, it seems, most days. So what is the smoke really affecting out there besides our air quality? Is affecting GDUs, inter- interrupting solar radiation for the plants? Is it going to affect our herbicide? What do you guys so we got all I got all kinds of questions about this this week. Like, is it good or is it bad? And then even farmers weighing in on, no, this is really good because of whatever. This is bad because the so it was a an interesting debate on the smoke effect, especially this early. We've we've had wildfire smoke. If you guys remember back to twenty twenty one, there was like two weeks in August where we had wildfire smoke, and we we almost like tracked that back to back to losing about five to eight bushels of beans because of. Kind of when it set in. Didn't have photosynthesis through flowering. Right, right. So that's why this one, this in like late June, and we've kind of had it all spring, but just let's this say this week where it was real thick is an odd week because like the corn and the the soybeans are obviously going to be affected because you're going to have less solar radiation. But at the same time, at this point, they're not. You're also losing a lot of solar radiation if it's not canopy, just that hits the bare soil or, right. you know, like it's, it, it's not necessarily a time where we're in this like huge demand for solar radiation. It's still important, but not like the high peak demand. Well, it's, it's going to be such an interesting year just because we have had so many things going on. We've got the smoke, we've got drought, we've got, uh, you know, issues with excessive heat and not having necessarily the moisture so, for the plants to to get going. That get was going. one uh, farmer's opinion. He said, no, I think this will actually be good because it's that hot and dry, and this is blocking the sun from being hotter and drier. Sure. So I'm like, Less okay, direct uh, right. yeah, impact. I'm like, okay, that could be right. So, so, yeah, we might get to harvest and go, yeah, I remember when that was bad and it really didn't do anything, but it's, it's hard to tell that quite yet. I've been reading some a lot of stuff on like the some of the message boards and stuff and reading there's now like a lot of places are putting out publications on this and how how much it's really affecting us and the the everybody keeps saying 
in the first sections of their articles, like the smoke shouldn't affect yield. The smoke shouldn't affect yield because we're not, you know, in the reproductive stages and things like that. And as you read through the articles and read through the research, it says it's not affecting yield. The plants just aren't growing or <laughs> right. whatever. It's like, well, if the plants aren't growing, that's going to affect we're yield. yield. It's, yes. So, no, I guess maybe we don't see the direct impact directly from no limited sunlight to no yield right now. But you delay growth, you're going to lose yield. That's how that works. Yeah. It's interesting, though, too, because we've seen a lot of variation in height in plants. Like, uh, there's some stuff that's knee-high already and looks really good. And there's other stuff that seems to have just, like, stopped growing for the last month. And it's like, okay, well, is it the smoke? Because this stuff over here is taller. Like, you know, is it just worse in some areas than others? Which would make sense. I mean, the smoke's obviously not going to be consistent across the entire area, but I, I think it's going to be really hard to pinpoint the exact effect of it this year because right. there are too many variables Because there's other in variables. Play. You're right, Matt, on that. One, one interesting one will be winter wheat. Is like we just talked, what's closer to harvest? Yeah. What do we finish out? Well, winter wheat in our area is, is, the, is the one right now. However, I think winter wheat's being just as affected by the drought. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, so so that one is a tricky one where I don't you think know. think so? Yeah, right. So You mean the I don't like, know less that, than a foot tall wheat that's fully headed I, out? Exactly. So we're, we're going to, like, how much of that is from the wildfire smoke and how much is from the drought? Maybe we can find some area that did get rain on their wheat at the right amount of times no. or something like that. There's no rain. It's never well, rained ever. Well, and even the fields that I do know that did get a lot of rain, it soaked that up and so quickly that sure. I, I think it still could have used more rain. So. We, we had this. I had this argument yesterday with somebody, and they said, "Well, with the smoke, that means it's, it's the ground staying wet, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's, that was a really nice thought, but not no, not really. I mean, it's it, the, it's the, bone dry again already." Yeah, the sun may not be as intense on the ground, but it's still hot, and you're still going to get evaporation. Your plants are still transpiring. Right, so right. when we when we look at moisture in the field, we talk about, especially when, on irrigated stuff, they're always looking at the evapotranspiration rates, like whether one or the other is higher. Like They both make up this reading, so it, it's not necessarily going to have that big of an effect because the plants are still taking up the moisture, even if it's not evaporating off. And you're you're hoping that's the case and that the plants will get the moisture they need to keep moving and growing and producing, but either way, it's still drying everything out. I mean, yesterday even, it rained Monday, and by yesterday, you could hardly even tell. tell. The places that did get the rain, you you know, obviously they weren't curling, but they weren't, it was still dry in the fields. Do you guys think it will affect herbicide? That question came up, and I don't really know. One One of the things that could have, like, depending how much particulate is in that smoke, and when it lands on that leaves, you know, and and now we don't have rains to kind of wash stuff off. Right. You know, that kind of affects it a little bit. And, well, like when we talked earlier about um, dust. And yeah, right. Stuff and the It'd be like button. more of the dust. Which, contact herbicides. Which we're getting that with just being dry in yep. some dusty conditions. I, I would imagine, and this is, I mean, we never, I've never lived through a wildfire smoke affecting crop like this before, right? I don't know if any of us have. We kind of discussed that already, yeah. but I would imagine... That limiting sunlight and filtering as much sunlight as it is, it's got to reduce photosynthesis, got to reduce growth. Well, we kind of rely on these weeds to grow and take in this chemical. So I would imagine efficacy is going to go down. and Maybe not a ton, well, but it, it's get, it has to. They're getting that all the same way with being dry affects it that, you know, some of your residuals don't activate. And then you, even on the contact, you do so, sort of want that moisture to keep the plant growing if so you, that it, all, it does die properly. All the labels so say actively say, growing I, plants. Right. Well, if it's not getting any sunlight, is if it... we're not getting moisture and sunlight, we kind of are, are reducing really the growing, active right? growing. So. The, the one good part that does seem as wildfire smoke is we are getting reprieves from it. Um, there are certain days where it's not as bad. Yeah, like real today. bad days. So, so the plant's still able to take in a tell, lot of sunlight. Tell you can. what's not... Seeing a limiting factor, at least doesn't seem to be, is the water hemp. That stuff is, that, that, that is oh, still growing yeah. regardless of condition. It's the worst. Uh, I, I, would say it, where I would say it's actually somewhat uh, subdued this year in places. 
places that are so dry. Agreed. That's yeah. why or I it like even Germany. Probably. Yeah, yeah. I had a slight pause there because it 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 seems worse than like say mucky soils that I have or certain areas. But those always are have the problem with it, and it's the same there. And then like you say, other places where I'm like, why this field's usually got it's full of it. Where it you know, and you're kind of yeah. like, where is it? So I would agree with you, Max. That is. As tough as water hemp has been, it's still not been sort of the worst. It's not drought proof. Right. No, but in some cases it is the only weed that, or the the main weed that's showing up yeah. when it is showing up. Not seeing it. I haven't seen a, a whole lot of velvet leaf, really. I don't know. Maybe it's just the areas I've been in, but I haven't seen as much of that as normal. Lamb's quarter, though, I've seen a lot more of this year. In some areas, so I don't, yeah, I don't know what it is about certain types of weeds. What they're, I guess we don't we focus on killing the weeds, not studying why they grow and what conditions you know, necessarily. You know, what one's really surprised me this year, and I see Todd, you got it on here on the sheet. Man, where's all this nutsedge coming from with no water? What's up with that? Yeah, it's coming from deep and like what? I mean, what's going on? The nutsedge is just right. It's crazy. Well. well What's worked for you guys to control? Has permit worked? Herbivore, your, you know, has have you seen the, you know, your acrons whiten it up more? Because that what I've seen this year, I I did think the Yukon's permits are working, uh, but at the same time, it seems like some other herbicides too, like really did ding it up early, and then some places they didn't. So it was I've seen accurate coming back on it, but I've. Struggle. Bill and I talked about this a few weeks ago. Is you know he, he's seen pretty good action on nuts edge, and I've seen okay action out of Acuron because it'll whiten it up, but then it'll it comes it comes right out of right. It. So right, like I mean, it holds it back. It's really just yeah, setback. And and I think it's rated. I can't remember if it's rated suppression or control, but I it's not you know necessarily that it's going to be perfect on it. But yeah, I do feel at some points it it should be better. I I seen the biggest nuts edge ever yesterday. It was like. 24 inches tall wow and it wasn't even headed out yet and i was like what the heck like is that first i'm like you've got super nuts it looked like cattails i was gonna say are you sure it wasn't yeah, right cattails and then i'm like that's not cattails that's hmm. nuts edge and I'm like holy man so that's also odd is just some like they're i, they're, I would say most of mine's been short they've been has, uh, right other than that they've been very it's small thick, but it's but short. Been small yeah right? I wouldn't say I've had perfect control of anything because I, I think more of that has to do with the drought and the smoke conditions. Yeah. We're leaning on our efficacy a little bit. I have noticed if the timing works out just so, uh, Roundup doing more damage than it normally does to it. I agreed with that. I had some that was round, like, Roundup is like a seven or eight in the book. I, but like you say, it depends It depends on how hot you make the round. Was the Roundup with... Yeah, like, so um, like crop oil, or was it with? So the ones I noticed when I look back at it was we it rained on Sunday, we sprayed it on Monday, so it was really actively growing. Sure. It was ninety degrees. We hit it with uh, Roundup and List uh, AMS, or uh, some of that had crop oil in it, I guess, um, because AMS or uh, Enlist now the recommendation is to be spraying it with crop oil versus AMS. So I guess some of it would have had oil, but some of it was just AMS. But it was just, I think it was just. The shot of rain, the, timing, the timing, getting it gro- growing again, and then yep. super hot conditions and blasting it in there pretty hard. Yeah, new- I mean, I've seen Roundup do a good enough job to at least hold it back where the corn gets a- ahead of it enough and it doesn't yeah, really yeah. matter. I think the new Roundup, the, the Power Max 3, the, with the new rates, the 20, 30, 40 rates, you know, I think... I think there's something to some of that surfactant and stuff that they mix in there. It's got some. Sure, that there's it's a got a little extra, little kick to little, it. Little, yeah, I'm not gonna say it's like the greatest invention ever in herbicide, but like it definitely I, seems like it has some. It has some stick to it. Surf, surfactant matters a lot with nutsedge because you need it to heat it up and you need it to be sticky because that leaf is so shiny waxy, and yeah. waxy that. And it's this year. I feel like the leaves are thinner than normal. Yeah. So they that it. The, the amount of plant structure to leaf mass is very low. Like, like, same with water. Hemp. It looks more grassy than normal because it's right. very fine. Right. Yep. I would right. agree. So, so yeah, the, the getting the herbicides to stick is probably a bigger deal than, than it has been. So, that, that is a good point, Max, is having the right and surfactants in there. Like you said, maybe that's, maybe that's why Roundup is better because almost everybody is spraying new Power Max 3, and that's the difference in the Roundup this year. That could be, I guess. I don't know. Um, 
I guess I I just noticed most years you spray Roundup and it doesn't it doesn't even like yellow it a lot of the times I I noticed I've, it I've usually it dings burn, it usually but not good, but yeah this year it's been better it's not a yeah like I said it's not a long term solution usually it just burns it enough to get the the crop a jump start. Herbivore. I used a lot of that this year. Yeah. I was really impressed with herbivore for the yep. most part. So your permits or yep. Yep. Herbivorin. Yep. Herbivore did, was good, good good to me. And that's always been the go to for it. Um so that one kind of is, makes sense that it would work well. We did spray a lot of Yukon. Um yep. just two birds with one stone. We wanted some some dicamba in the tank and there's enough nut sedge almost everywhere that right. it made sense to do it and that worked that worked pretty well. So any classic in the beans? And then did you did it yet? Well, yeah, the beans actually for me have been fairly clean. I, I haven't had a big. I mean, some grassy flushes and headlands and that kind of thing. Right, but not not I crazy. Beans have been hit or miss for me. A lot of beans that are sprayed. A lot of beans. Well, probably more sprayed at this point than just the pre's didn't activate as yeah, well. I anticipate just the way things looked this last week that we'll probably be spraying them soon. Yeah, yeah. Because and of those headlands starting to break, but yeah, we I've sprayed a decent amount of classic this year. Just a lot of nut sedge breaks, and I you know classic for for a while we it heats up Roundup right. If you do right, it, it just it just does. It work. They work well together. They're very compatible. So it'll speck up your beans a little more. You yeah, know, that part of it. I mean, when it was ninety degrees last right. week, and we were spraying all those beans, look, yeah, they, 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 took, they took a pretty good shot there, but I. Some of that, I think you could have sprayed just Roundup and AMS, and they would have taken a pretty good beating when it's that hot. So yeah, yeah. It, I had I had uh, two fields that laid down. I guess they called me. They're like the beans are laying completely flat. What are we gonna do? And I'm like, yeah, it's it's really hot. Just they'll they'll come through. With it. But yeah, yeah. I think the bigger <clears throat> issue I've seen lately is guys trying to side dress. Talk to one farm. And the co-op told them there was 7,000 acres ahead of them. So I think everybody tried to jump <laughs> jump right before the rain that we got this last week. Sure. And so everybody probably called the same day wanting side dress. And so now now it's okay. Do we still go through with it? Do I, he's even asked me, he's like, do I jump on the list or do we wait? Because we don't know when the next rain's coming. And if you're doing dry, that's a big deal pretty, versus liquid. Yes. That's been a tough guys with... You know, that do have wide drops or have kind of a wavy coulter sidrus rig, I think they're getting calls off the hook, too, of, hey, can you come, especially the guys with the wavy coulter discs this year, Yeah. you know, and be able to get that down in the soil and covered. And I had one farm that had issues. They were going to spray 32 with their chemical, and they had got a bad batch of 32, so they decided to side dress it and... Had some issues even with side dressing, but at least they got it out there, and it was probably a little bit better way of doing it than having to wait or do some urea or something like that that gave them the option. Yeah, I think I spoke about it on the podcast two weeks ago, maybe about I had a grower that decided, um, hey, we're gonna we're gonna side dress and we're gonna cultivate it all in because that was just yeah. the option we had in front of us, um, and five hundred and thirty five acres of corn and cultivated it all in and. Looks beautiful, so I it worked, I guess. But you know, a lot of tractor time, a lot of diesel fuel. But you know, that was an option. That was one of the options laid out. That was the only option laid out for us in that moment, and kind of the same deal. You know, seven thousand people in front of them on this list, and they didn't know anybody within fifty miles with a, with a Coulter cart. So said, "Well, here's here's the options we have: either spread it and hope it rains, or spread it, start cultivating. If there's a rain cloud above you, you can stop. You know, yeah." Well, I mean, we were getting due there for a little bit after this last rain that would have helped too, but even now this morning there was very little moisture out there again and the the long-term forecast is a lot of hotter days and yeah, but the, and like the that's one struggle with the wide drop right now is part of the mechanism you put it right by the plant and then a heavy dew can kind of settle Helps, down and yep. and kind of set it in. So not only is it struggle cuz we're not getting as much rain but the the not as much dew is an even bigger factor so that part i would say on the y drops is if you can wait and get let your corn get get up a little bit bigger get taller 
will help as much as because it holds some of it underneath right, right, the canopy, right? Yeah, it just has a little bit better effect to that. But that's a tough game to wait too. Is if corn needs the nitrogen at that point, how do you wait? Yeah, and hopefully, if you did get on the list and they didn't get to it before the rain, there is some sort of inhibitor or something or a treatment on that urea. Because if you put it out there in the last couple of days with no no real dues and it's just sitting out there, it's it's just waiting to volatize at this point. Yeah, and these inhibitors are very helpful, very good, but those also you still they'll they'll just buy you more time. Right. Which at this point, that's all we're asking for is like we just need more time till we get a rain. So that's been one of the things is is to to look into ask about price and then you really want the the more the volatilization protection, you know, yep. so that you don't have ammonia losses. It's um not that you know, leaching protection is important too, but not as much in this case as going up. So it's one thing to make sure you're thinking about as you're talking about some of these. And it's really going to, like, you're you're going to have to push it. The chances uh, are the guys spreading it are. It's both. That's what's odd right now. It's I, I've got it both ways. Um, it seems like some of the guys spreading it's like automatic. Sure. And you got to tell them like if you don't want it. And then some guy spreading it's the opposite. So it's it's both ways out right. there right Either now. Either way, I is, would make sure. Like, right, it's you, a conversation yeah. to have. And then even between agronomists, um, you know, in different scenarios, you'll run. Well, you know, I'm running Amthio with my liquid 32 Y dropping, and that Amthio's got a little bit of a, you know, sort of a. But some of that stuff too is like it's, it's more opinion. So it's good to kind of the more you can go. To, to any previous, there's a lot of studies out there on all these products. So if it's co-op's got a product, you know, look at the studies behind it and then make your choice. Yeah. Yeah. Second crop, I guess, is our next topic here. That's kind of in full swing now, and seen a lot of choppers go in the last few days. Some decent looking stuff out there. I mean, not everything, not everywhere, but there but are- in general. Where where did the second crop come from? Like even three weeks ago, I was somewhat calling it like a throwaway crop. Like I ah, will just clip it off and hope for a third. Back back and, in the, back in the deep roots, and it was yeah. I mean, it's pretty impressive what this alfalfa did. You know what though? I walked it two days before they cut it, and I was like, "This isn't very good." And, and they laid it down, and the windrows didn't look very good. We, and for some reason, when it was all on the pile and across the scale. I, it was all right. It was okay. Yeah. It was way better than what we thought. Yeah. I mean, we and, and maybe part of its second crop expectations are always lower by a significant amount than first crop. So it's it's gauging that, but it was still like I was, I, I was expecting like a fourth cut like look to it where you're like, oh man, this is I, I was thinking like ha- that really half high ton if we got really right, lucky. Right. That really hot dry August, you know, like you say. Yeah. And and no, it's been yielding better than that, which is which is great. And like you show that maybe shows that this wildfire smoke has less of an issue on some of these crops. It was still able to to get enough sunlight and grow well. So that was good. One thing I keep hearing is the gumminess to it in the choppers, especially guys having to. Yeah, that was even late first crop. Right. Oh yeah. But this it. one's like even worse. Yeah. So well, it's getting it's, away from everybody. Drying. It's drying quick. Well, I think right as you're cutting it, it's drier already. The you know right just standing it's dry and then if um, I don't know if you get, some of it I grabbed and holy man it's just like it's like sticky and it's like the plant sap is just thick thick sure where we don't have the leaf hopper stealing it all so well that's why. yeah it's almost like there's no free water going through that plant in the xylem it's all just plant Sugar. sap that's all whatever water it can get it's going to put towards that sure so it's like the the plant feels hardened off and weird like and even like within the windrow like you feel underneath and it's still you know pretty wet in the tops that crispy dry but it's just got a different feel to it this year of of and and it's just been more difficult even even that I know the wildfire smoke for some guys affected dry down a little bit where it kind of made it you could, it it made it like take a little longer but at the same time it dried quickly so it's, it was a, just goofy, this, it's a weird dry down it doesn't get, dry right. the way it's supposed we're to we're not used right. to having that wildfire during a dry down so you didn't know the smoke how that would affect it and it it did seem to affect it somewhere it it kind of made it yeah there was one day too this week where like the smoke kind of cleared a little bit more and then all of a sudden the hay was just way too dry very quickly yes yeah, so, so i saw a water truck running last night yeah, oh, yeah, hey, oh yeah they were running running up yeah, the the minerals, yeah. Those, yeah 
So, yeah, it's, it got away from somebody, apparently, because, you know, see the water truck, that's usually not a good sign. Well, and when you look at how fast we're used to moving on a lot of these things, you know, they, they're staying ahead. They're, the chopper can go I, fast, so they're cutting ahead. And normally you've got time in there. This year, it just seems there isn't as there, much time. No, it's that you got to yeah. be... you got to be right, not right getting on. too far ahead, or you're right. going to have these issues. And basically, almost every chopper I've seen is pulling a pulling a water, water cart. cart. I yeah. mean, they're just yeah. So it's yeah, you know, it's yeah. Well, that's that's been pretty common. Like you right, see, right. In general, you see it a lot more inoculant than probably ten years ago. Yeah. But yeah, now we're really <laughs> this this cutting was really yeah. Mm-hmm. Got the use out of their tanks. That's for sure. Yeah, and then like leaf hopper just. I mean, I'm seeing some. I'm not. It's not none, right? But it's it's way more pa aphids than anything. Oh, pa aphids and basically just pa aphids. Yeah. You know, you're not really seeing the weevil anymore. And no, there were some early, I, and right? Now those kind of burned really up. Them, and yeah. the leaf hopper are hit or miss. And yeah, I mean, and that makes sense. We need storms from the south to push leaf hopper up here. And if we don't get that, obviously they're not gonna yeah get here and see the numbers. Talking about, we had the greatest army worm infestation we've ever seen last <laughs> yeah. week. I don't know who I don't know who got a hold of somebody, but man, somebody got everybody whipped up in one of my neighborhood like bad. And I scouted and scouted and I tried hard to find them, and they weren't there. So I don't know I don't know who got everybody all riled up, but somebody was riling people up last week. Yeah, I've seen limited amounts of them, and I mean, definitely not enough to really worry about. I, I would agree. People, there was more riled up than what they really did. Uh, and, and army worm are scary, so I get that. But you rile uh, the right guy up, and he goes, he starts spraying. That just sets yeah. the whole neighborhood. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I guess I don't get as excited ever since I saw a field where it was completely just mid ribs and army worm, ever, like at the worst possible eating and feeding. Yeah, from from army. Todd knows what I'm talking yeah, about. I do. Like the. Unless I see a flock of birds taking off as I walk into a field where I find I'm worm, I'm not as concerned because that field had so many birds because there's so many worms for them to eat, and they couldn't even eat enough to stop <laughs> the onslaught. Like, when you've seen the worst of the worst, it's, it gets harder to that, get worked up. That was it. for grain, I'm guessing, that field? Yep. Yeah. I, I think in the forages it can be a little bit more. Like can, yeah. I had some in peas and oats a couple falls ago. And, like, you know, it's... End of September, we're growing these peas and oats just as an extra feed, and you're like, ah. Well, get- wheat, wheat too. I've seen enough damage where we've controlled in wheat, but and then you're like, ah, man, it's really hard to justify spraying them on October fifth. You know, we're we're right. right there, and then we cut it and chopped it, and it was like, yeah, maybe we should have. But so forages, I think, can be a little more tricky. But yeah, like you said, I there's there was a lot of guys that got pretty excited, and I. And, really see the the other the other thing circulating right now is that soybean aphids have arrived so jake geiger one of our guys guys, found some in shano county and you know so so that is a somewhat of a scare in general we're seeing a lot of aphids in general so it makes sense that we might have more more soybean aphids so and and this is early for them to be i'll put it this way is i've sprayed soybean aphids but it's been usually like mid to late July. And whenever I've done that, it really didn't. It was like if you just left it, you're probably fine. And getting them this early, though, it's kind of more of a thing that if you got them this early, you you probably got to think about just watching them, spraying them. One thing with aphids in general is the, the amount of beneficials out there. So if you get a lot of lady beetles, lady beetle larvae, they can really do a lot to yeah, hold that population. It's like 30 or 15 a day, I can't remember. Yeah, it's a lot. They and, can eat a lot, yeah. Um, and I've seen them in the hay fields with the, oh, yeah, the right. increase of pea aphids, right. so yeah. And then one thing I'd say is about spraying this early, too, is like sometimes you do need to to hope protect crop, but if you spray this early, a lot of times You're gonna spray again. you might have to spray again because yeah. you just killed all the beneficials and these aphids will come back. So it's kind of a really going to be a tricky depending what we see scouting for aphids. So far, like I said, I think they're just sort of showing up in our area. They're not necessarily here real bad. No. All right, so there you go. There's some thoughts on what's happening out in the field. Now we'll move into our spotlight for today. 
So regardless of recent rain, we still haven't put a dent in the Midwest drought. 70% of the corn crop is now hit by drought. We've seen uh, 63% in soybeans affected. And the drought monitor, as of uh, they released a new one yesterday, it was still most of the state was either uh, abnormally dry. There was a patch kind of Shawano County through up to Gillette, Surrey, Marinette. Uh, majority of the state was in a D1 moderate, and there are sections in the southwest that are is a uh, D2. So not uh, not great when we, but these timely rains are at least helping us continue to limp along. There are parts of the state though that need much more and parts of the Midwest that need much more rain than what we've been getting. It sounds like the South has been getting more. I've heard talk of severe storms the last few days, kind of through that Kansas, Tennessee, North Carolina they had one of, corridor. They have one of, one of our favorite uh, weather events yesterday in Illinois. They had a Draco in they Illinois? They did have a Draco in Illinois. Really? Iowa and Illinois, yep, yesterday. Talked to... Talked to one of my trucking buddies. He was down there. And he said, "Yeah, it kind of went went pretty crazy here for a couple hours." That was the corn tall enough to be affected by it. Down yeah, there? yeah, yep, yeah. Over your head, so yeah. yeah, and that's that's a bad time to get it. What well, one interesting thing about the drought monitor will be like specific to our area in Alta Game County. We know some areas did get a significant rain. You know, ahead yeah, of this area pockets, yeah, right, and so just the. The sampling density it uses and the, the way it's been raining is it's very localized and isolated. These, these, so these pockets of good rain that you're talking about I, are like a square mile. Well, at, well, correct. I'm just saying that's throughout the Midwest, though, is you get these weird little pockets of guys that, you know, are on Facebook or Egg Talk and like, hey, we got rain. It, it does exist. Yeah. And then just people with nothing. So it'd be an interesting thing to see of. How when this crop comes off, you're going to have just that disparity and uh, and how it can be very different from, like you said, from, say, even at, like, this is at a county level is the, is yeah, how. The drought monitor. The yeah. drought monitor. I mean, you, you almost need it at, like, the township level or, uh, you know, uh, and you're not going to do that. I don't think it's that necessary. I don't think it's that critical, no. That but that's what blows me away is when we say 70% of the corn under drought, I think that's overstating it because there's pockets within that. Yeah, but I don't think it's overstating it that much. No, I it, I don't know. Any statistic is that uh, way. It'd be very hard to see. It'd be interesting, like, even the cro- the corn tour, when they do all those this year, you might get in, you know, a certain amount of field. Like, your sample size is important on that. Yeah. And I, so if, I think as long as you're not sampling too much in one or the other. I, right. Is the, it's I, more, I wouldn't say the that's what I'm saying. size. You need it's more sam- the sample but how are you going to know that? How are you going to know how much should be in good and bad? Yeah, it's right. just that tricky of where... I where, still think there's more bad than good at this and, point. And rains always do seem to even out throughout the year, so that'll be interesting. But what's to, it's sooner, very soon here, it's going to be too little, too late. What's kind of crazy with the rain is we're above average for the year because we had a fair amount of moisture... Sure, in March no, in March and April and May, or it ended in May, but from the time the crop's been in the ground, we're behind. And for the month of June, I think we were in this area only a only a quarter inch behind, which seems crazy. And then as you moved in different parts of the state, there were spots that were up to two and a half, almost three inches behind. So it, that I think it's going to be harder to even out throughout the year. And the one, some of these areas that are getting more rain are getting it quickly too. It's not, I, that is in one a, thing. In a low slow. The nice thing right. about most of the rains we've had, they've been fairly slow soakers. And I think that's been a benefit versus getting half inch or an inch in 20 minutes, getting it a kind of an all day. And the upside too is then that that day is usually cooler than the days around it, so that helps hold the moisture a little bit. It's not like it the flash rain and then oh we're back to ninety and half of it evaporates. So the type of rain I think matters a lot too in this this scenario and because some of the places that we got two two to four inches in a very short amount of time. 
and they're still looking dry. So well, one interesting with the so that was the drought monitor, but then you got the the USDA corn condition ratings, and basically it was a five point decline this week, and this is the only time the corn crop has been rated worse in history is 1988. Sure, and I would say. Most of that reason it's not the same is just because of our corn genetics can hold through this better than in 1988. But yeah, that that's that's scary. When we've been you know feeling like 88, talking about it, but as it comes to more fruition, it's you know when the ratings show it's more like 88, and, and we got that year. Like I said, at least we got better genetics. Um, hopefully, it like I said, 88 had slightly different conditions too but yeah and as bad as 88 was i have found a couple farms that have talked about I, more in the northern section that where they got more timely rains cr- in correct that's what i'm saying is the yeah. isolated nature of a drought isn't right. or, or the opposite like the the in a drought there's isolated people that still get some moisture right it's not a total right yeah. So that's Rarely the odd total. part. Like you say, as you probably talked to people in 88, wasn't so bad. We had it worse in right. 2012. You, you always know the ones that had it bad because they bring it up every time we get a dry spell. Oh, and, and they bring it up <laughs> and like you can see it in their eyes, like just the I, the the sort of. I got a guy who lived through 88 in yeah. 2012 and he says 12. He's like, was that worse. was unbelievable. Yeah. 12 I, was horrible. I had areas in 2012 that were, were really bad and yeah. then guys are like, drought, we don't have a drought. Yeah, I mean it is. It's weather in general is just that that variable that some sometimes you get hit just right, and sometimes your neighbor doesn't, and it can be that close. So, all right, now we'll move into our spotlight or our egg history minute. We just did a spotlight. All right. Today we're talking June Dairy Month slogan. So during its humble beginnings in 1937, National Milk Month, which was supported by the Dairy National Dairy Council, established an event to promote the consumption of dairy products to help stabilize dairy demand during peak periods of peak milk production. With the slogan, Stay Youthful, Drink Milk, 6,300 stores across the country chose to participate the first two years, utilizing marketing materials provided by the National Dairy Council. In 1939, June Dairy Month became the official title of the promotion and primarily focused on greater usage of dairy products. Kick off this campaign, promotional material were offered to producers, processors, and dairy product distributors. Since 1939, June Dairy Month has encouraged individuals to make a milk milk the beverage of choice while celebrating the dairy industry's many contributions to our society. Originally celebrated as National Milk Month, Spanning June 10th through July 10th, Dairy Month has continued to foster an interest in many delicious products. Throughout war years, less emphasis was placed on promotion. Retailers worked to help customers receive an adequate supply of dairy products and provided information to help use them properly. However, as war time subsided, efforts concerning dairy products use was resumed. In 1947, the promotion launched a new slogan, 30 Days for ADA, the American Dairy Association, not the Dental Association, in June, with the goal of sales, not surplus. By 1950, retailers, producers, and processors united and worked together to promote June Dairy Month with great success. So, yeah, not the American Dental Association. There was an American Dairy Association as well. So now, now that we're at the end of the June Dairy Month, doesn't mean you have to stop drinking milk. Or eating ice cream, especially the hotter it gets in the summer, it's always nice to cool off with a good ice cream cone or ice cream sandwich, or just bowl of ice cream. I like ice cream. Do you guys like um, maple syrup with it? Yep. At the Shano yeah. County, Shano County Breakfast on the Farm, you could pick like strawberries with it or maple syrup. Yeah, maple syrup. You'd go. I want strawberries. I'd well, I like strawberries too. a lot, but like. Maple syrup is good on ice. I just remember when I was a kid, we went to the Boobold's Nature, nature oh, Preserve, yeah, and they okay. did the, they do syrup there, yeah, and you got ice cream sure. with syrup on it. Nice. I remember that. That was pretty sweet. Yeah, we've had it a couple of times, different maple syrup things, like in the winter, even they'll have maple syrup on ice cream. Yeah. It's a good, like, when you don't have anything, like, in the fridge. You got plain vanilla ice cream, and you don't have strawberries, you don't have, like, any chocolate syrup, you just go do do a shot of uh, maple syrup. That's the that's that's good true move. if you don't have... 
have it on hand. Because you always have syrup, right? Yeah, right. It will kind of, like, if it's, the ice cream's really cold, it almost kind of crystallize to the ice cream a little bit. It doesn't, like, chocolate syrup always seems to melt off, like, sheet off and stuff, whereas maple syrup seems to stick a little bit better, and you get more... I enjoy maple it's syrup. It's like yeah. it's like a it's like a goo it's like a sludge almost. It's yeah. very nice. Yep, like caramel. It's more like caramel than it is like chocolate sure. sauce. Well, good. Thank you, Matt and Max, and thank you to our listeners. Please subscribe and tell a farmer friend. All you need to do is search Tilt Talk Radio in Apple Podcasts or on an Android phone. Please download an app like Podcast Attic, Podbean, and Player FM. You can also listen on your computer or smartphone browser. Go to tiltag.com slash podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tilth Talk Radio. All right. Thanks, Todd. Now we'll move into our Cool Beans. That's corny with some current events. So Cool Beans. Cool Beans. Cool Beans. Cool Beans. All right. Our Cool Beans this week. A Kiwani County 4-H Club is the winner of this year's Cedar Crest Contest for picking a new flavor. This, this July, you will be able to sample Cowlick ice cream at parlors across the state and throughout the Midwest. Kiwani County Fair will also be serving up this homegrown creation. It was dreamed up by the Pilsen Skylighters of Luxembourg and features chocolate-coated pretzels, fudge pieces, and caramel swirled into vanilla ice cream. The Pilsen Skylighters 4-H Club was treated to an ice cream party and got a $500 prize for having their flavor selected. Club members were impressed by the finished product, saying it has the right mix of sweet, salty, and crunchy. Cedar Crest says the project requires collaboration, teamwork, and creativity to create the next best ice cream flavor. And more than 200 entries were competing for that same prize. It is kind of cool that they do this contest and 4-H kids get to kind of come up with ideas. Obviously, 200 different Ideas were submitted, and this was the winner. It may not be a permanent addition, but it'll be kind of cool. And the name with the cowlick, I think, is equally part of it. Like, salty, sweet, you know, there's there's varieties out there like it, but the, the name kind of helps sell it a little bit, too. So if you saw this on the shelf, would you guys pick it up? Well, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Like the flavor itself, not, oh, the, yeah, not yeah. the name cowlick, because cowlick, I'm going to buy it. Yeah. But... All of the above. Are you you're a pretzels and ice cream guy, huh? I, I don't know yet. I enjoy you've, pretzels. I, yeah, you've never yeah. had pretzels and ice cream before. Oh, I have. Yeah, oh, okay. but I, I, I mean, know. I like pretzels. What ice in cream normally has? Ben pretzels. and Jerry's has a flavor oh, with pretzels. They? or a okay. couple flavors with pretzels. I think. Yeah, no, there are some different ones out there. There's a nature's touch one with pretzels in it too. I think. Yeah, I don't remember having any with pretzels, but it sounds good. I could. Do they get the like real soft in there? Or can it depends. Well, oh, these being chocolate coated, I think would help. Oh, there with you that. go. Yep. Because you're not it's getting the, candy the direct. That's true. Yeah. No, I might be back in on it now because I don't <laughs> like when the pretzels get soggy. Right. I could see soggy pretzels being gross. but Don't let it thaw too many times. Got to eat it all right away. All right. Our That's Corny this week. This is an interesting, almost unbelievable uh, concept of a scam. But a California man was sentenced for his multi-million dollar cow manure scheme. So according to the U.S. Department of Justice, the California man has been sentenced to more than six years in prison due to his involvement in a nearly $9 million cow manure Ponzi scheme. Ray Brewer of Porterville and Sheridan, Montana, will serve prison time for running a multi-million dollar fraud scheme where he claimed to turn cow manure into green energy. From 2014 through 2019, Brewer ran a scheme where he was building anaerobic digesters, supposedly, at dairies in Fresno, Kern, Kings, and Tulare counties in California, as well as in Idaho. Brewer's investors were promised to receive 66% of all net profits, as well as tax incentives for renewable energy credits. Brewer even took investors on tours of dairies where he said he was going to build the digesters and sent dairy owners forged lease agreements. The press released from the U.S. Attorney's Office shared that he also sent the investors altered agreements with banks that made it appear as though he had obtained millions of dollars in loans to build the digesters. He also sent fake pictures of digesters under construction. So he was committed. He, I don't know, like with the energy credits and stuff, I, 
you'd think with taxes and all that, there'd be some something to trigger, like some sort of proof or whatever that you'd have to have. Wow, that's what the pictures are for. The, yeah, yeah, the fake pictures. The and fake stuff, pictures yeah. and the... Well, if you read, read further down, this case was a product of an investigation by the IRS. So yeah, yeah, eventually the tax the thing kind of... Yeah. And why, why he didn't take the money and run? He must have thought he could make more, I guess. Because he got away f- with it for some t- yeah. five years. So These digesters, they just take so long to build. Yeah, well, yeah. we're still working on construction. We've had some setbacks. Uh, COVID. COVID stalled production. There you go. Uh, it was ended pre-COVID. It was 14 to 19. Oh. So he couldn't blame COVID. Uh, he was indicted on 24 counts, which include wire fraud, money laundering, and identity theft. That, what does suck here, there's, a, there's obviously a lot of farms, too, that were, you know, like lost money or lost, like were promised this digester and all that stuff. That's It's already a tough thing to navigate, yeah. let alone somebody just outright lying about it and, and doing this fraud case. So, yeah, that would, you feel for those farms that went through that. Well, anybody that's a victim of a Ponzi scheme, really, I, right? It's always, it's never good because you think you're, you think you're in one place, and then all of a sudden you find out you're not, and it's years of wasted investment and time and energy. So, yeah, it's unfortunate, but they caught him, and at least he's he's going to go to jail for it. I don't know if they've had any assets they could seize or at least return some of the money, maybe to some of these people, but we'll see what happens. All right, to wrap things up, our Field Good Friday. We've had a great June Dairy Month, but if you've missed all the so the uh, Breakfast on the Farm so far, there is another one left, the Sevastopol Breakfast. It's the last one here on July 2nd, so up this coming Sunday. So you've been on vacation all month, whatever. you got one more shot, July 2nd. Go get some good old dairy breakfast. I don't know what they're serving, but probably eggs, hash browns, some cheese curds. So, it's great that they just did it in July. Like, just like, nope, we're we're doing it in July. It's fine. Well, I'm sure just with scheduling and everything, it's it's only two days away from the end of June. Pancakes, maple syrup, scrambled eggs with ham and cheese, cherry delight, cherry juice. Ooh, it's got to be some cherry, right? Yeah. Lo- County, yeah. Lautenbach orchard apple juice, Belgioso cheese samples, Highline orchard cherry sauce, and Door County coffee. Oh. Go get your Highlander Grog or your... That's the only one I know because my wife likes that one. Highlander Grog. That's a Door County oh. coffee, yeah. So, yeah. Still, there's still a chance. Yeah, and the, the, I don't know how many you guys made, too. I made it to a couple. Um, Shano's was really cool. I mean, it... Yeah, Shano puts on a good one. It was, a, it was good, yeah. And it the farm, the setup was great. The parking was good. Uh, food was good. The Yeah, it was just... It, and it did rain that day, but it was odd. I thought with that many tents and that many people, you know, you'd have like the country USA effect and it, it poured for two minutes and then lightly drizzled. And within an hour, the, the, the soil that the field was on was back sure. to like, you didn't even know it rained. Go, yeah. It was sort of crazy that way. And unfortunate because you kind of wish it would bring in the rain, but no. It, we tried everything we could. The only other thing we could do to bring rain would be to bring country USA back. All right. We, we tried. <laughs> we tried. Yeah. Max, go get your guitar and go yeah, sit out in the middle yes. of the field in I think. Oshkosh. Well, EAA, I yeah, saw yeah, campers yeah. pulled in yesterday. Yeah, yeah. That's More not fun. already, though. No, it's usually like opening late, day though. of Park Your Camper was yesterday. Oh, okay. Yeah, there people, I'm sure there's people preparing for it already. But yeah, that, it's usually later oh, it's, in July. Yeah, July 24th. Yeah, there was, there was people at the, the gate. Wow. Yeah. There's, okay. What time did we go through? 6.30 yesterday morning? There's people waiting for the gate to open, and then when we came back through in the afternoon... They had Sometimes they have other like, concerts there in that, so it could be like a different event. Like they, like um, I genuinely uh, think they're like life. One of those, I want to say. I don't think that's at EA grounds. I don't know. I could be wrong. That's at the fairgrounds. I think. Did they move it? Yeah, you're right. It's at. I don't think it's ever been that. at the EA grounds. I the, think it's legitimately the View Expo Center. Yep. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where that is. You got to remember, people got to bring their campers and stuff, and then they drive all the way back home to get their airplane. Sure. And then they fly their airplane back. It's so, like this takes a while to get this all done. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us, Matt. This week we talked about things going out on the 
going on out in the field, like the wildfire smoke and if that's affecting our crops. Nutsedge and issues with control and the number of instances of nutsedge. Side dress options and soybean aphids have been spotted. Spotlight, we took a look at the drought monitor and where things are at here in the Midwest. Ag History Minute, we talked about June Dairy Month. Once again, for the final time as we are wrapping up June Dairy Month. Cool beans this week, Kewanee County 4-H Club, the winners of the Cedar Crest Flavor Contest ice cream. And that's Corny this week, was a California man arrested for a million-dollar cow manure Ponzi scheme. Feels good Friday. There is one more chance to get your dairy breakfast on on July 2nd in Sevastopol. So thanks for listening, and as always, happy farming.